If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Kimbalina. Support Switchcraft and my other content at patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. Well, guys, we got a brand new character in arms revealed, Helix Man, uh, or no, Helix the DNA Man. Uh, either way, I'm not really sure how to say his name, but he looks really cool. He's like a green jelly almost, and his arms are DNA strands. Uh, it's hilarious. Somebody actually on Reddit had predicted this character, uh, not the exact design, but the you know DNA strands for arms named Helix. Uh, somebody had predicted that on Reddit, which is great. The animations and sounds for this character are really, really good. Uh, he is extremely stretchy, not just his arms, but like all of him. It's almost like he has no bones at all. Um, and he makes these weird trilling sounds like some kind of... I, I can't even really describe it. it. If you haven't seen the video, uh, just make sure you check out the uh, the show notes so you can see what it looks and sounds like. A lot of people are going to pick this guy as their main because he is really fantastic looking and he is unique. And that's the thing that Nintendo is really good at is coming up with really unique designs uh, that stand out and look like a lot of fun. Uh, I absolutely love his animations and the one thing that I noticed when they were showing off his combat was that he can use a shield. So what they showed is that he had one hand that he he had thrown his hand out and basically there was a shield where the glove would be and he was just kind of staying behind that and throwing his other uh, punch around it. And I think that if this is a, yet one more indicator of the depth of gameplay that we're going to get from ARMS, I think that we are in for some really fun times uh, in the future when this comes out in June. Nintendo, again, has decided not to do a big press conference for E3. I personally think that this is a good idea, especially after seeing Nintendo's press conference that they had in January, where they unveiled the Switch. I'm very happy with the Switch. I gotta say that the press conference that they had in January was a disaster. It left us with more questions than answers. It seemed shoddy and I think that Nintendo just does a better job when they pre-record stuff especially because they're a Japanese company and they got to translate everything whereas other Japanese companies just they just get Americans to come on and do their presentations uh, for things like E3 so this is exactly what they said uh, during this period we will achieve strong results through three major initiatives establishing Nintendo Switch maintaining Nintendo 3DS momentum, and continuing our smart device business. We will also push forward on our goal to expand the number of people who have access to Nintendo intellectual property. By the way, on an, as an aside, it looks like construction has actually started in the at the uh, theme park for uh, the Japan Nintendo World, or Super Nintendo World, I believe it's called. So that's pretty exciting. 
Um, finally, the video game trade show E3 will be held in Los Angeles this June. Again, this year we will not be hosting a large-scale press conference for in- for institutional investors, analysis, and the media. Nintendo of America will present further information on our plans at a later date. So what I believe is going to happen is we'll probably get another Nintendo Direct, uh, you know, bigger than a normal Nintendo Direct, and then they'll fill in everything with Treehouse, which is basically uh, a bunch of young uh, Americans who are sitting there. They'll, they'll interview the developers behind the games. They'll be playing the games and, and telling people about the games, and they do this all uh, streaming on Twitch. And I think it is really good for Nintendo to do it that way. Um, I think that Nintendo, when they do the big press conference, it, they almost always just fall flat. And so it's better off that they do it this way, and I'm looking forward to it. Whoa, nice graphics. I'd like to get my hands on that game. Well, I, I hope you guys didn't think that we were done complaining about the NES Classic. I guess that they sold over 2 million of them, which, honestly, it doesn't surprise me that it sold that many, but, well, it doesn't surprise me that it would sell that many. It surprises me that they actually made that many or got that many into stores. Um, this is via Time Magazine, and uh, they had an interview with Reggie fils and he said that the go- the global sell-in for Nintendo's uh, 1980s uh, NES Classic was $2.3 million. So that's pretty good. Um, I think that Nintendo would have sold a whole lot more had they stuck with it and uh, not just abandoned it to scalpers. Again, I'm not I'm not going to go through the whole thing again where I complain about how Nintendo has really dropped the ball on the NES Classic, not in making it because it's a fantastic system except for the really short cord and I think that if they had just stuck with it and made a whole bunch of them. I mean, this is this is a device where you should have been able to go into every Walmart, every Kmart, every gas station, uh, every dollar general and seen it sitting there on the shelves. Um, it would be an impulse buy, especially at $60 at $60. People would see it. It looks just like the console that they remember when they were a kid and they'd see it and they'd be like, man, let's pick that up and have a blast. And I really think that it's a shame that, that it didn't now. Um, I don't remember who, said this, but I, somebody did come up with a very good point about why they may have discontinued it. And that's because, and the, the, the point that they made, and I don't know if this is really in Nintendo's thinking or not, but the point that, that somebody had made was that they thought that maybe Nintendo didn't want the NES classic, which is definitely a premium product sitting alongside those Atari controllers that you can hook up to a TV and it's got a bunch of games just on the controller or uh, these Sega systems that play Sega emulators, basically. And like Nintendo didn't want Nintendo associated with that stuff because they felt like it dirtied the brand, maybe. And they really wanted to focus on the Switch. Now, I, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's not true. Um, there are some that are saying now that the NES Classic was scuttled so that they could uh, use those factories to make more um, more new Nintendo 2DS 
XLs. God, what a mouthful. And I don't know that I really believe that because my guess is that they basically are just repurposing wherever they were making 3DS XLs. So it, it still remains to be seen what's happening with the NES Classic. I mean, I know that it's being canceled and we're not going to be getting any more this year. The way that they, again, the way that they said this year, that leads me to believe that maybe we'll see it again in the future or maybe we're just going to see the SNES Classic like we've talked about before. I don't know. Honestly, would there be an episode of Switchcraft? Like, would it count as an episode of Switchcraft if we didn't talk about Nintendo's Switch sales? I don't know. I'm not willing to risk it. So let's talk a little bit more about Nintendo Switch sales. Uh, Eric Bright, who is GameStop's, GameStop's Senior Director of Merchandising, uh, he was interviewed by Forbes, and he said some very, very interesting things. He said, first off, it's exceeding our expectations. We knew it would be a high-demand product, but our Switch allocations are selling out not in days, but in hours. The demand is so high that consumers have to react quickly to be able to get their hands on them. Um, he then went on to say that nobody seems to be banking on supply stabilizing anytime soon, so don't expect to be able to just go into a store and find one. You're going to need to plan it out ahead of time if you haven't already picked up a Switch. And if you haven't already picked up a Switch, then you probably either can't find one or don't care. If you're listening to this, my guess is that you can't find one. Uh, he says, uh, at this point, demand still seems to be riding on a launch peak, a launch window peak where machines are selling out immediately, at least for all intents and purposes. Right now, we're not seeing the sales going down at all, and I would expect that to continue for quite some time. Um, you know, we're... We're hearing from GameStop here. I mean, they have a they have a, a pony in the show, if that's a phrase to be used. Even if it's not, they've got a, a, a pony in the show. And they benefit from the increased um, demand for the Switch. So, you know, it's not a huge surprise to hear them say this. But I also think that they're also being honest about this. So my only problem here is that Nintendo's having trouble getting Switches out there. And then at the same time, GameStop is bundling the Switches that they're getting and saying that if you want a Switch, you have to buy Zelda and Mario Kart and a memory card. And maybe somebody doesn't have X hundred dollars to spend on that. Maybe they just want to get one game along with their Switch. And it kind of sucks that, that right now... Uh, GameStop is doing that, or at least I've seen ads for that. Now, that does not necessarily mean that you cannot find a Nintendo Switch at GameStop or Best Buy or Target or wherever without a bundle, but it just, you know, that's the thing that retailers do that drives me just a little bananas. I mean, I'm already a little bananas. It drives me a little extra bananas. So anyway, Nintendo Switch selling well. And it's very, very exciting. Wow, 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 wow. All right, everybody. Are you sitting down? Because I've got some big news for you. I've got something that you are not going to believe. Nintendo president Tatsumi Kimishima, hopefully I said his name right, has dropped a huge bomb in an interview. 
and said that there are unannounced games in development for the Switch. <gasps> really? I mean, that is amazing. I can't believe that there are games that they're making for the Switch that we haven't heard about yet. How is this even news? I don't know. But he said it, and I just kind of wanted to make fun that people were posting it as if that were news. Because that's not news. What a huge surprise that video game companies are making video games that they have yet to tell us about. Next thing you know, you're going to tell me that there's bears in the woods, and they're doing things there, things that we don't talk about. Now, speaking of big surprises, here's another one. I don't know if you've heard of this or not, but there is basically a an 8-bit version of Breath of the Wild out there that this guy is uh, working on making. Uh, he goes by the name of at Winter Drake Dev on Twitter, and he was making this game called Breath of the Ness. And in what is the least surprising thing ever, I mean, even less surprising than Kimishima saying that they're making games that they haven't announced yet, is that Breath of the Ness has received a takedown notice. Uh, it says, Dear support team, we represent Nintendo of America in intellectual property mat mat matters. Oof, I can't talk. Uh, Nintendo recently learned that the content available at the website infringes copyrights owned by Nintendo. This notice is provided pursuant to the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which I hate. In terms of service, we submitted a notice through the web form yesterday, but the infringing content still appears. So basically, make sure that you take down all this stuff or we're going to sue you to death. I really think that uh, Winter Drake should have, rather than post an in-progress kind of thing, Wait and if you're gonna if you're going to infringe on somebody else's content, uh, first off, there's no way you're going to be able to make make money on it. All right, it's impossible. You're going to be sued. Any money that you would have made would go towards that lawsuit, and you would lose money. Now, the only way that you can really do something like this is if you plan to just give it away. And if that's your goal, I understand the desire to tell everybody what you're working on now while uh, everybody's talking about Zelda all the time, but you're just, they're going to give you a takedown notice. Now, if you really want to make this thing and give it away, then what you do is you complete it 100% done. You put it out there. And then as soon as it's on the internet, it's on the internet forever. And you cannot, they, nobody can take it away. Once it's on the internet, it's always on the internet. So what you do is you release it, you get hit with the takedown notice, you take it down, compliant with the law, and now it's out there and other people can distribute it and get it around to places. Uh, one example that I can think of is AM2R or another Metroid 2 remake made by one guy. Basically, it is uh, Metroid 2, which was on the GBA, and they completely remade the game in a modern engine uh, using you know, widescreen and everything. And he put it out, immediately got taken down. But because he put it out there, everybody has access to it. Like I have it, I have yet to play it. And I really feel bad about that. I should play it. Um, but I've got it on my computer and I'm waiting to play it. It's there. 
because he did not tell everybody what he was doing ahead of time. As soon as Nintendo finds out about it, they're going to take it down. Now, I know that some people are going to be mad at Nintendo about this. And trust me, I will take uh, Nintendo to task when they do something stupid. I have in the past. But for this, Nintendo is perfectly within their legal right. Not only their legal right, but they have to protect their copyright. If they don't protect their copyright, they could lose their copyright. So even if Nintendo thinks that Breath of the Breath of the Nest is a great idea, if they don't protect their copyright by telling this guy, hey, you better knock it off, then they could lose the ability to protect their copyright later if somebody does something that they don't like. So let's say that somebody makes, I don't know, a, a Zelda game that is pretending to be Breath of the Wild, like 100%, and maybe it's like five minutes a game or five minutes of game or something, and people are selling it for 60 bucks and tricking people into buying that instead of Breath of the Wild. Well, then you would understand why Nintendo would want to take them down. But if they don't take this guy down, then the courts will tell them, well, you didn't take the other guy down, so you can't take this guy down. It, that's one of the weird things in, I believe it's the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. And lawyers out there, please feel free to let me know if I'm wrong. But if they don't protect their copyright, they lose their copyright, or they run the risk of losing their copyright. So I totally get why Nintendo did this. I just wish that the guy were um, uh, Winter Drake. I wish he just waited. You know, don't say anything until it's done and out there and everybody can download it. Because you were never going to make a dime on it anyway. Maybe he just did it so that Nintendo would notice him and hire him. Maybe he just did it for followers on Twitter. I don't know. Maybe he just did it so he could post videos on YouTube and make money off those. I really don't know why he did it. But I can't believe that somebody savvy enough to make something like this wouldn't anticipate that they'd be taken down by Nintendo. That just seems silly to me. All right, everybody, I've got great news for you. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is here, and it's awesome. So Friday it arrived. My son got home from school. We sat down. We started up the stream at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. I made a tournament for us to race in. We did some split-screen multiplayer online in the tournament. I'll put the tournament code in the show notes uh, so you guys can check that out. Um, but you can also just find it like I, I checked. And if you just push the down button in the tournaments list, you'll see it eventually. It's uh, Twitch slash run, jump, stomp is what it's called. But I'll put the tournament code in the show notes, like I said. Uh, so we played that for about four hours and we had an absolute blast. Um, that tournament, we actually had two of them going on. There was a racing tournament and a battle tournament. And we he loves battling. I prefer racing, but both are really fun. Um, the, all the different battles, the battle modes are really great. My least favorite, I think is probably coin runners. Um, I don't know if it's just because I'm really bad at it or because we were doing split screen and I just didn't have as much, uh, field of view as I'd like, but I just didn't like coin runners as much as the other ones. Uh, the, the renegade roundup, which is basically the cops and robbers version is really fun. Um, the cops have the, or the law as they're called, uh, they have, per, uh, Pete, Piranha or Piranha Pete. I can't remember, uh, how it's said, but it's the Piranha plant from the Mario games. 
I mean, that was already in Mario Kart 8, uh, but now it's just like a permanent thing uh, for the law. And they drive around, and these guys, the the piranha guys, will, will reach out when you get close enough to a renegade and grab them, and it sends them to a random jail on the course. Uh, if the the law catches all of the renegades and they're all in jail at the same time, then the law wins. If uh, you're a renegade, your job is to obviously avoid the law, and also there's a switch that you guys can drive over. That so the like they'll be it looks like the switches from the Mario games where you would jump on it and like certain like you would jump on the yellow switch and the yellow blocks would no longer just be outlines or there'd be a green switch and so on. Well, there's these red switches that you drive over and it lets all of the renegades that have been caught that are in that jail out. Uh, there's multiple jails around the screen, so the the law doesn't know which ones you're going to go to release, and that keeps the game fresh on the map you can't really see where the people of the other team are unless they are on somebody's screen on your team so let's say that you and i are on different sides of the map and we're on the same team if you can see on your actual screen um somebody on the other team then i would be able to see that person on on my map as well uh so you constantly are seeing the enemy team kind of blink in and out of the map and it's you're trying to guess at where they're going to be and you're trying to either catch them or you're trying to avoid them while saving your friends. It's a very uh, fast and frenetic uh, mode and it's a lot of fun. Um, the balloon fight, or not balloon fight, um, the balloon battle, I can't remember what it's called, but the one where you've got the five balloons on, on the back of your car, that's as just as fun as it always is, and I'm so glad that they've included it and with real battle maps this time. And then they also added in uh, Bomb Bomb Blast, which is just like the balloon battle, except all of the items are bombs, and you can. Car- <laughs> this is the thing that I didn't know ahead of time is that you can carry as many bombs as you want. I think up to ten, uh, and the bombs don't have friendly fire, so. That's really, really great. You're driving around. You see somebody. You just you spam the the launch button, uh, either in front of you or behind you or both, and you're trying to blow up as as many as you can. And the thing about Mario Kart 8 Deluxe that they've really done a great job with is when you are out, you're still not out. You can still play. So let's say I'm we're playing the bomb game. And I've racked up five or six kills just because that makes the math easier. Uh, so let's say I've racked up six kills and I've been hit uh, four times. So I've only got one balloon left. If I get hit one more time, well, then most of the time I would just get I'd be game over and I can't play anymore. And that's no fun. Uh, so what happens instead is I get three more balloons Uh, The screen goes black for a second. I get three more balloons, and I lose half my score. Uh, So that is really good because that means I can still come back and win it. I'm not as likely to win it as I was before, but there is a chance that I can still come back and win it. And that's really fun, and I I had an absolute blast playing that. Um, The races are exactly like they were before. There's really not much to say there. Having the two items is very cool. Uh, And the reason I like it is 
for anybody who's played Mario Kart before knows the trick where you if you hold down your um, item shoot button, uh, which is the L button, basically, if you hold it down, that item will usually drag behind you. And you can use that defensively. So let's say I've got a green shell or a banana. I can hold down the L button and that thing is just hanging out behind me as I drive around. And if somebody shoots a shell at me and happens to come up behind me, which that's usually how things happen in a race, um, the then it's going to hit that instead of hitting me. Well, driving around holding down the L button the whole time is kind of, you know, cramp inducing in your in your hand. So... In order to not have to do that, uh, because, I'm sorry, what, what you would do is you would hold it down and then drive over another block and you would then have the item that you are dragging behind you in addition to the other item. So you're essentially carrying two items, but you have to have like this claw hand thing going on the whole time. And it's not the most comfortable. So this just allows you to carry two items basically doing exactly the same thing but because you don't have to hold down the button, it's so much more comfortable, and I feel like I could play longer because of it. Uh, so you get to hold this di- defensive item for later without having to hold down the button. A lot of, like, my initial imp- or thought when I saw that you could use two items was that, oh, no, there's the, there's going to be too many items flying around the screen. But that really doesn't happen because it's really no different than it was before. I just don't have to hold a button down. Um, now, one thing that I did notice, and it, and it was funny, I was streaming it today. It was just races that I was streaming today on the on that same tournament that I mentioned. Um, I I was uh, I had the boomerang, and this is not something that I knew before. So I threw the boomerang at somebody in front of me. And then I threw it again. So, because with the boomerang, you get to throw it three times. And the first two times it comes back to you, the third time it just keeps going. So, I threw it the first two times. And then I threw a banana. And then I was able to throw the boomerang the third time. So, here's a pro tip for you if you didn't know when you have the boomerang and you throw that boomerang out, the game acts as is, as if. You do not have a weapon, and it allows you to fire that second weapon before the boomerang comes back. So that's like a pro tip that I found out today. Uh, one of the players that was uh, racing with me, he was really cool. Uh, he kept, um, like, he was killing everybody. He was destroying everybody. He was playing as Waluigi on a motorcycle, and this guy was way ahead. Like, I, I, was, I even asked him, I go, are you snaking or something? I thought they took that out. Are you fire hopping? And he was like, no, no. I just, you know, he practices a lot is what he said, basically. Um, but he was telling me all this stuff when I would ask those questions, and he's the one that explained the, about the, the thing about the boomerang. And I just, you know, just a little tip out there for you guys who, who don't know about that. Uh, lastly about Mario Kart 8, and then we'll be out of here, is that somebody was asking me, do you think they're going to make a Mario Kart 9 for the Switch? Because Mario Kart 8 is really a Wii U game that got ported. Now, I can't, and this is my response to, to that question, I can't predict. Clearly, I am not the person who can predict what Nintendo is going to do. If I could, I would have seen the 2DS XL coming a mile away, but I did not see that coming. In fact, I was one of those people that jumped up and down saying Nintendo is going to let the 3DS die. They're not going to keep doing 3DS stuff. Uh, 
well, they're clearly still in on the DS line. So I was definitely wrong there. Um, but do I think that Nintendo is going to be bringing Mario Kart 9 to the Switch? I can't tell you what I think they're going to do. I'll tell you what I think that they should do. And what I think that they should do is make an announcement right now. Like, whatever they're doing, stop what they're doing. Uh, get Koizumi out there in front of people and have him put on a Mario hat or something and say, we're not going to be making Mario Kart 9 for the Switch. What we will be doing, however, is six months, every six months, DLC for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Um, same pricing as before where it was uh, each, and back when the Wii U version of Mario Kart 8 came out, there there were two DLC packs that came out, and they were, I believe, $8 a piece for, uh, they were, each one had a new cup to race in, so that's four tracks, and I believe two characters. I could be wrong about the number of characters. I'm not positive about that, but I think it was two characters. Um, and that was for $8. And if you bought both of them at the same time, you got it for $12, which was a ridiculously good deal. Basically, you got one of them half off. So Koizumi needs to come out there with his little Mario Kart hat, maybe some white gloves on and, and, and uh, you know, talk about some ice for a second. And then he should tell everybody, we're not going to make Mario Kart 9 for the Switch. The only Mario Kart game for the Switch going forward will be Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and we will update it with new DLC every six months. And these are the this is our our release schedule. Actually, don't don't give the release schedule. Just say approximately every six months. This would be a, a, a constant influx of a re- revenue stream for them. There are, I'm sure, some players, especially uh, players who have a Switch who also had a Wii U that probably are looking at Mario Kart 8 and saying, I think I'm going to wait until they make Mario Kart 9. Now, if they came out right now and said, we're not making Mario Kart 9, I bet you that those people would get on board so that they could keep playing Mario Kart on their new, on the new hotness. It would really get people to buy more Switches, I think. And it would get people to buy more Mario Kart. And I don't think that Nintendo is going to have a problem selling either. I think Nintendo is going to do just fine selling either one. But I think that if Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was the was told to everybody ahead of time that this is the only Mario Kart for this generation, it would sell a whole lot more consoles, or I'm sorry, a whole, whole lot more copies, and people would be pretty happy about it. Now, if they did this, they better not have DLC ready tomorrow, because that would tick a whole lot of people off. DLC better be down the road a little ways. And I honestly don't even really need more DLC for the game, but I think that it would be an easy way for Nintendo to capitalize on a uh, very well-received game that is basically what what they refer to as evergreen titles, which just they don't ever lose their value. So that's my thoughts on Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. If you haven't already picked it up, pick it up. If you have already picked it up and you haven't been there, make sure you check out the tournament that that I've got going on, uh, which is Twitch slash RunJumpStomp, or you can just add in the code that's in the show notes below. Well, everybody, that's all the time that we have for today. If there is a story that I missed... 
please let me know. There's a whole bunch of ways that you can let me know. You can tweet at me, Run Jump Stomp on Twitter. You can just use the hashtag AskSwitchCraft. I check that before I record every episode, so make sure that you check that out. Um, you can email me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Use the subject line SwitchCraft. You can give me a phone call. That's 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 786, I'm sorry, 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. If you are looking for ways to support the show, there's a couple free ways that you can do that. Uh, number one, you can go ahead and uh, give us a review on iTunes or Google Play or whatever podcasting service that you use that gives reviews. Um, more reviews means that we're more likely to be found, so that's all. In addition to that, you could also just go to runjumpstomp.com slash support, and there's a big old Amazon link with my face in it. If you click on that link and you buy anything from Amazon, it doesn't cost you any extra by doing so. I get a cut, and that helps out. Um, my wife is making Nintendo Switch dock socks at etsy.com slash shop slash runjumpstomp. And you can go there and buy these awesome dock socks. They come in a variety of patterns as well as customized ones. Uh, so I, they, the, the pricing varies. I think the most expensive ones are $15. Um, and finally, if you're looking for some place to get rid of the extra money that you have, go to patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. And for as little as a dollar, you can help me make content like this. So Thanks so much for listening, and I will see you guys next time.